Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. Concerns over the spread of the coronavirus have brought uncertainty to just about everything, including sports. Tournaments have been halted and training facilities shuttered. As universities and their athletic facilities remain closed, a challenge for athletes is to stay healthy and in shape during a time of self-quarantine and social distancing. Right now, I'd like to welcome Dr. Sean Arndt, professor and chair in the Department of Exercise Science at the University of South Carolina and the director of the Sport Science Lab. Welcome, Sean. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. So first of all, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. You know, it's funny. Uh, this is my first year as department chair at South Carolina, and uh, I'm not sure where in my contract it said anything about handling a viral pandemic. Um, <laughs> so it's it's definitely been interesting. I consider myself very, very fortunate to have an absolutely first-class faculty here. I mean, it's it's funny as we go through this, I understand why we're the top-ranked program, um, because just watching how everybody's responded to it and um, the efforts everybody's making has been fantastic. Admittedly, you know, some of the challenges to our research in particular has really, you know, created a bit of a headache because everything's frozen. We're just trying to be productive in other areas right now and make sure all the students are taken care of. Right, and you just got off the phone with the NCAA and you've been in touch with the university. What's everybody saying? What's the overall tone been like these past few weeks? You know, in some ways, I guess the tone has been cautiously optimistic. I really like seeing the efforts that everybody's making to work the problem. Like we understand what's going on and it's a group of people from top to bottom that really is trying to use the best uh, public health guidance, uh, science guidance, and, and really policy guidance to make sure that we're, we're going about this the right way and, and doing the right things. And, you know, I think the reality is that, you know, people need to understand, you know, the, the right decision isn't always the easy one. And this was a very difficult decision for a lot of people to make, to postpone these seasons and, and really uh, cancel the tournaments and stuff like that. And obviously, it's had a major impact on the athletes, the coaches, the schools. Was it the right thing to do? Yes. Was it the easy thing to do? Definitely not. You know, and I think that there is definitely going to be a trickle down effect as we try to sort through how to come back from this in, in a really positive way to make sure that, you know, uh, the schools and the athletes themselves are able to put the best product on the field uh, or on the court once we're really able to go again. I think the biggest part about it is the uncertainty. Nobody knows when you're going to be back up and running in all aspects. What is the word right now as far as, you know, is there going to be a football season next year? Things like that. We don't know. I mean, I, I think the, the thought process is yes. You know, I think we, we want to look forward to that. You know, we pray that obviously this doesn't go longer than that, where it impacts the ability, you know, to, to run some of these fall sports. We might be looking at modified schedules, uh, modified preseasons and things like that. And, and that's sort of our new reality. Ideally, if, you know, as a country, we get this under control, there's nothing to suggest that, uh, you know, by that point in time, we won't be moving forward uh, in, <laughs> I guess, a new normal uh, in terms right. of what we'll be dealing with as best as possible. You know, but in terms of, of canceling things this far out, I think it'd be really premature. Um, you know, and, and I don't, uh, you know, I don't want that message of, hey, what if we don't have a football season? What if we don't have a soccer season? It's not really what I want going back to the athletes either, because I want them to understand that, you know, it's hard. I remember sort of what, when my athletic career ended, um, you see it coming. 
right? You can at least prepare for it. It still sucks, mm-hmm. right? But you know, if you get injured and it ends a career, it sucks, but you can appreciate it. You know, it's a risk for some of these athletes whose careers may have been ended prematurely um, because something so out of their control. Uh, it's hard. And, and, you know, so I've told most of them, it's okay to be upset about it, right? It's okay to be angry about it and disappointed, but don't let it define you, you know, because there's a lot more to come. But what I don't want to see then is the athletes looking forward to their fall sport or, or their preparations, starting to not do those things, thinking, oh, you know what, it might not happen. Um, so really what I'm kind of telling everybody to do is prepare like it's going to, you know, because that's ultimately the approach you want to take and it maintains a certain level of positivity. Uh, but you can still make physical progression and, and or at least maintain as best as possible. But I, I don't want them getting caught up in the what if game right now, because I think from a mental standpoint, it makes it hard too. So we're treating it like things are going to be moving forward in the fall. As we've seen with everything else that can change, right? We don't know. But ideally, if we can get this under control and, um, you know, people do their part to, uh, <laughs> to abide by the public health guidance, we very much should be able to, and we'd love to see things resume as normal. And this goes beyond athletics. I would love to see our students get back on campus too. You know, we miss them. This is a lot of why we do what we do. And uh, to have a university shut down just feels so strange. I have to imagine it, it does. So you mentioned them staying positive. That's so important. And I have to think that going from a team and, and hanging out with fellow athletes and yeah. spending so much time together, social distancing, lack of that camaraderie, that has to be so hard on them too. Tremendously. And, you know, one of the things that, that I've even tried to, to tell my faculty and the, the students in particular as well is don't confuse social distancing with social disengagement. You know, so there's still ways to stay engaged with other people. You know, uh, I mean, look at us being able to do this virtually, right? So, so there's ways to do it, but you're absolutely right. Removing that, that physical personal connection and, and not being around your teammates when, you know, your teammates, your coaches, the people that you feel so close to, you know, and then you're in this scenario where there's so much uncertainty. Yeah, not having them around and not being around them can be very, very challenging. And I, I think that's an underestimated risk to all of this uh, in terms of the, the repercussions. But that being said, you know, I'm seeing um, a lot of these teams and, and players really supporting each other too. And they do stay in touch. They do stay supportive. They share their workouts, what they're doing and stuff like that. So, so I think that you can maintain that level of engagement. Uh, it's just different. You know, it, it's not what we're used to. And, and everybody needs to understand that, that that is the reality and it's not necessarily going to be perfect, but I think we can do our best to make it more than good enough. For the time being, and I, you know, I, I'm hoping, you know, like when I think about it from an athlete standpoint, I would imagine and I would hope that having this situation occur is going to make them value what they have around that team and around that dynamic even more because it's very eye-opening when you have it taken from you. And that goes for all of us. I was just going to say, it has to be hard for everybody dealing with gyms being closed, not just athletes, but just everyday people like me who miss hitting the gym. So with that being said, how are you advising athletes to stay in shape? You know, honestly, it's um, for some of them that even with some rudimentary home equipment, if you got some weights, it may not be a lot of heavy weight, but, you know, can you train with higher repetitions? Uh, You can do a lot with your body. It's interesting. One of the things that I've seen that's been a kind of interesting side effect to all this is the number of people I see outside now. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think because they, they finally got bored sitting inside and playing video games and stuff like that. But seeing whole families out walking the neighborhood, we went to one of the state parks uh, over the weekend with the dog. And um, it's not that it was packed. I mean, not at all. But just just seeing people get out in nature. So to tell you the truth, from an athlete standpoint, you know, it's one of those things, hey, can you find a hill near you? Go do some hill sprints, you know, get a weighted vest. There's a lot of stuff you can do with that. Hang up a pull-up bar. You know, if you've got a barbell at home, here's some things we can do, maybe with some kettlebells. And so it doesn't have to take a lot of equipment to get some effective training. Do I expect it to be as effective as what they might have been able to do had they been able to get into the university facilities or or if you're uh, an Olympic athlete, what you would otherwise have access to that maybe they shut down. Not necessarily, but it's still not an excuse to stop moving. Hey, if you need inspiration, watch Rocky Four. right? He went into, <laughs> <laughs> he went into outer Siberia and trained with logs and mountains. Um, you know, so I think that there's ways to get creative. And I think that is both one of the most daunting things about this, if you don't know how to do that, but also one of the most exciting things in terms of the ability to maybe re-explore some stuff you haven't done in a while. Right. And you had some good tips as well for those who might not live in warmer states like yourself. Yeah. And and I think that, you know, being, yeah, I'm so lucky that I moved from New Jersey to South Carolina this year. Um, But I think that, that when you look at opportunities to even do things indoors, you know, again, whether it's working out in your basement, your garage, even if you got a small apartment and being able to set up some stuff, you know, within there that you can do some interval based work in place, uh, shadow boxing. I mean, there's a lot of different things that you can try to incorporate. I'm not saying it's going to be easy for everybody, but I think even being able to get outside in the elements and just in some ways get out of the house and, and into the open, right. You know, within, you know, just make sure you stay six feet from everybody um, <laughs> right. and don't sneeze on them or anything. But I think overall the ability to get outside and move, ride a bike, cross country ski, whatever it is people might find, you know, to do, uh, I would definitely encourage them to, to get creative. And I'll tell you what, it may not be what we normally think of for like the typical conditioning that we would do for an athlete, you know, football player or something. But you know, if you're really at a loss, there are some pretty good online resources right now. I've seen a lot of places, everything from the YMCA to Les Mills to I think even Planet Fitness or somebody did this too, but you know, they're posting some online workouts. And so if you really don't know where to go from that, or you can use one of the workouts that maybe your coaches have put together for you, you know, there is stuff that you can still be doing. I don't use it as an excuse to just sit around and eat out of both boredom and anxiety. Mm-hmm. It is hard to get motivated, but it is important to keep at it, even if you've got to go and dust off some old workout DVDs. Exactly. So uh, what nutrition advice do you have? Are there any ingredients in particular that athletes should be taking or yeah. increasing during this time? So I, I think one really, really, really important thing to clarify is there is nothing that you're going to eat or do short of hand washing in terms of do and stay away from people that will magically prevent you from getting COVID. All right. There is no boost to the immune system. It's not going to like, you're going to take something magic. However, if you want to support your immune system and give yourself the best fighting chance, because you don't want to get run down then what we would normally do for a well-rounded diet, a wellness diet applies right now. It's very important too, because even from a a mental functioning standpoint, cognitively, these are all good things. So, you know, when you start looking at things that really do help support the immune system and recovery, certainly protein is up there because of what it does for enzyme repair and overall function. And it, you know, for an athlete or otherwise, it helps you support your lean mass just in case you're not training as much. 
But the other thing too is, you know, when you start looking at things that contain magnesium, zinc, vitamin C, vitamin D, and that's, you know, one reason why getting outside is so good. But, you know, your, your dark leafy vegetables, your fruits, especially your citrus fruits, your dark berries, you know, as a general rule of thumb, uh, the darker, deeper the color, the more sort of antioxidant nutritional value it often has. You know, so whether we're looking at blackberries, blueberries, whether we're looking at uh, citrus fruits like oranges and grapefruits, you've got kiwi and you've got kale, you've got your dark leafy spinaches, your, your cruciferous vegetables like broccoli. You know, as you go through that, the, that source of vitamin C and magnesium is very, very good. You can look at shellfish for zinc, which we know helps with immune function. So all of those things are important. And certainly, depending on what you have access to for a diet, you can supplement with some of these things in terms of zinc and vitamin C. I would strongly recommend you don't go overboard with it because you don't need massive quantities of it. It's not, in this case, it's not necessarily that more is always better because of what we're looking at. And there's even some, you know, and again, not to say that, again, this is going to prevent anything, but there's even some interesting literature on the role of glutamine in immune function. So, you know, as, as a muscle builder, glutamine is pretty worthless. As an immune support, um, you know, it, it has some real promise when we're looking at, you know, hard training. The other caveat to all this, too, is realize that with high-intensity exercise, you do open up a viral window. You are more susceptible. So I'm not saying don't exercise intensely, but maybe not all the time. This might not be the best time to be chasing some of those records. But one thing you can do to close that window quite a bit is eat, right? So carbohydrate, protein after your workout, it actually does help bring uh, all those, those responses back under control much quicker and help bolster the immune system. So, you know, keep that in mind, you know, now is not necessarily the time to starve yourself, but it's also not the time to just be going bonkers on the junk food because that's what you're, you know, you've stocked up on and stuff like that. Like all times is a great opportunity to really take care of your health and pay attention to your diet, you know, and, and somebody had asked me, you know, how, do you, how does somebody stop themselves from overeating when they're home all day now? You know, honestly, plan your diet. So set out your food that you're going to have that day, just like you would if you were going to work or something like that. You know, ration it out so that you don't just start eating freely throughout the day. But at the same time, if you're training hard because you're still an athlete, and you're getting ready for your upcoming season, hopefully, you do want to fuel enough. So here's a great opportunity to really maximize recovery. Sean, that really hit me hard right there. That's very relatable because we all are stuck at home and it is so easy to keep going to the fridge. Um, but <laughs> It's like, I'm bored. What am I going to do? I'm going to go open the refrigerator. So yeah. And, and then the other people eat out of anxiety, you know, and with all the stress going on, I totally understand that. So you had a lot of great points there and especially bringing up the immune support. Yes, there is immune support, but there's nothing that is going to prevent you from catching this virus you know, you do have to wash your hands and, and take the right precautions. But I'm noticing there are a lot of products coming out that are suddenly immune boosters. Yeah, it's, uh, it's frustrating to watch. It's, uh, it's preying on an opportunity and people that are looking for any solution. And uh, none of these have the evidence behind them to support that. And again, if they're part of a, of a balanced diet and an overall wellness regimen, there's nothing wrong with saying that, like, you know, help support your immune system. But I'm seeing products that are specifically using the tag words COVID-19 and help prevent and help recover from and all stuff. That has not been tested. Again, it, 
it's really best practice. If we're talking about what to eat and what to take, it's not simply to prevent you from getting COVID-19. It's really the same stuff you would do to try to alleviate your chances of catching a cold or the flu, you know? And so there's still no replacement for proper public health hygiene. Um, but at the same time, your, your exercise, your diet, all of these go into a healthy functioning immune system. And I think that's important to keep in mind. And, you know, what worries me is when I see these things being promoted, and you might have an at-risk population for coming down with COVID uh, that really they're more susceptible to, uh, you know, they might be looking for that magic bullet and it's just, it doesn't exist. Lots of good things to keep in mind there. You know, I was reading a little bit about you and you not, you don't just focus on athletes. You've got a few different populations that you work with, including first responders. Yeah. Do you have any advice for those first responders who can't work from home, who are potentially having to be exposed to the coronavirus and other things along those lines? Yeah. And even before advice, there are two words that come to mind. It's thank you, you know, because they are, you know, go going above and beyond. And that includes the, the health personnel, the medical personnel that are putting themselves at risk every day. Um, you know, thank you for that. They're an interesting one. Because in addition to some of the proximity issues, and obviously they're all trained in, in personal protective equipment and how to, how to do that, but they're putting themselves in harm's way in many cases. But what worries me more about them is the amount of stress. You know, and we know that stress has a very negative impact on immune function. So they're ones in particular that I would suggest, and, and, and I'm going to be the first to say I don't have an easy answer for this, but it comes into the planning is they have to find a way to make sure they get sleep, you know, especially whenever they can. Uh, because sleep is is a great equalizer when it comes to recovery. Make sure they stay hydrated. Make sure they eat. Uh, and they're not just relying on fast food when possible. You know, I hope for their sake that maybe they have another great support system around them. Uh, because obviously they're providing the support system for the rest of us. But really on their end, certainly there would be no harm in, in taking vitamin C and taking zinc and, and some of these things. But don't expect that to be the magic fix. They do need to eat. They do need to sleep. And I know that's easier said than done for a lot of them, especially those that are in the hospital and emergency settings, but whenever they can and whatever those environments can do to please help them do those things, you know, God bless you for doing that. And I've seen where there's a lot of businesses and stuff like that who themselves are being hit by this, that are providing food and drink and things to these first responders, to the emergency personnel. And I, that, that is absolutely brilliant. You know, and at the same time, I hope people realize stop hoarding all the medical supplies because these people need them more than you do. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. It is so important. A lot of people are hoarding medical supplies and it's like, if you're stuck in your house anyways, what do you need them for? I know. Yeah. And you know, what they're doing is they're putting everybody else at risk and you're, you're running the risk now of being stuck inside for even longer because this drags on because more and more people become infected. So we got to be smart about this. Hey man, I, I get that it's awful. I it really, it, it is a change in life and, and the world as we know it quite literally changed overnight in some ways, but you know, we're, we're, we're remarkably resilient when we want to be. And I think that if people keep some basic ideas in mind and, you know, it was funny when all of this happened, I had sent an email out to my faculty and then to the students as well with some guidance. And it wasn't specific steps. They're getting these emails from the university in terms of do this, do this, do this. But it was more along the lines of, you know what, take it easy on yourself. This is not going to be perfect. 
right? We're in triage mode. We are trying to move things online that are that normally takes months and semesters to do. We have to do it in a week, you know, but the number one thing that keeps running through my mind, and this applies to the athletes I work with, to the military and first responders that we often study and work with is be kind because it goes a long way and realize that, that everybody's dealing with this some more than others. And you know, that even went for our students to make sure they were kind to the professors because now you got people that are at home trying to teach you that are also now homeschooling their kids. They don't know what they're doing with that. They may have elderly parents to take care of or that are at risk. We're dealing with research projects that might've been going for years that all of a sudden are at a hard stop in some cases. So everybody needs to take a deep breath. Now move six feet away before you take that deep breath. Right. Take, and realize we're in this together and there's a good solution to it. And you know, to the first responders, to the emergency personnel, to the medical personnel, the biggest challenge in this for them in some ways is going to be taking care of themselves because the things they see and have to do on a daily basis while they're dealing with a crisis puts an incredible amount of strain on them physiologically and emotionally and they themselves become even more at risk in addition to the environment they're already in with the presence of the virus so on that end the more they can do and the more the support system around them can do to help allow them to take care of themselves because if they go down we're in real trouble you know absolutely and to take care of us please take care of yourselves too mm -hmm. i think once all this is done and over with maybe we need to come up with a another stimulus bill for those first responders and to send them yeah. all on one big vacation <laughs> yeah and they're probably but keep us away from cruise ships um, <laughs> But no, you're right. I mean, it's uh, it's remarkable to see, you know, and I mean, my mom was a nurse and I uh, grew up around that environment. My dad was military as well. And um, so we've seen sort of that military first responder emergency personnel line in our household. And I have nothing but ultimate respect for them. And I really just want and hope that they can find a way to take care of themselves as best as possible in this situation, because they are our most critical line of defense right now. They truly are. So hopefully we can all do what we can to help and support them and, and keep that in mind. Absolutely. So what's been the most challenging part of all this? Although, you know, I, I think we were talking about this a few minutes ago. Yeah. Every day is something new. So maybe is it the unknown for you? Yeah, I think it really is because it's, um, it's hard it's hard to come up with a new schedule right now because my schedule keeps changing depending on sort of what new asks we have at the university or for the needs of the department, trying to figure out, but you're right, it's the unknowns because then it becomes, hey, we're gonna be closed till this time. Oh, now that it got extended, hey, we might be looking at summer session needing to be online. So there's a lot of that. It's hard, I think, for the athletes that we've worked with and things like that to know when might this end? When can I go back to my normal training? What's going to happen to my season? For the people stuck inside and the parents going, how long is homeschooling going to last? You know, it's, it's all of those aspects that I think it, it, the uncertainty, and it, it's hard because uncertainty is also one of the big ch biggest challenges to, to our stress response, right? And so what I encourage myself to do and, and the others around me is to control the controllables. Right. There's a lot going on right now that are not in our control, but the things you can do something about, focus on those first and foremost, because it gives you at least a checklist every day of things that you can accomplish or take care of for you, your loved ones, the people around you. And I think when you start to focus on those, you at least have a bit of a mission. 
right? Yeah. And I think the reality is we just have to work the problem right now. And it might change from day to day. It might seem like it's the same thing from day to day, depending on what you're dealing with. But yeah, I, I think it's fair to say that the uncertainty and the unknown is a big one. And honestly, even in some ways adapting uh, from being able to work out in the gym or wherever to now figuring out how do you do this at home, it's just another cognitive challenge and sort of getting over that mindset of, oh, you know, I'm not going to be able to work out the same way now. And you just have to find new ways. But I know for me, it was interesting because I noticed for a while that the gyms were really doing a good job of cleaning. There was about a three-day stretch a few week, couple weeks ago where uh, my wife Michelle and I had gone to the gym, and in the time I was in there, I really started to notice people were not really cleaning up after themselves. They weren't wiping down, and in about the hour, hour and a half I was in there, I hadn't seen staff wipe anything down, probably because it was towards closing time. They figured, oh, we'll get it later, and when I started, when I saw that three days in a row, I'm like, I'm done. I'm training at home because people are not getting the message. You know, so even that uncertainty with is everybody else doing what they're supposed to do? <laughs> you know, because you're relying on that to some degree. You know, yeah, all those things add up. There's no question about it. Thank you for all the advice and really the motivation. You sound like you're staying very positive throughout all this. Well, the alternative sucks. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of <laughs> one of those where, you know, it's, um, you never know how you're going to handle a situation until you're in it right? And this isn't necessarily something that everybody can adequately plan for. So I think the real key is, you know, you have to stay liquid. It's a fluid situation, be able to adjust and evolve on new information and what the needs and demands are, but, but just work the problem. You know, that's the reality is it won't do me any good to get frustrated. If people are depending on you or you're in a leadership position, then lead. You know, give them some some hope, something to look forward to. You don't have to you don't have to BS them, right? I mean, it is what it is. But I think at the end of the day, you know, it's funny. I think one of my favorite memes I've seen is, you know, our, our grandparents were called to go fight in World War II. You're being called to sit on a couch. You can do this. <laughs> yep. It's kind of one of those things where it's not a real big ask. I am I am worried about those people though, who this is massively impacting financially. Because that's going to be a stress that lasts long after the virus is potentially gone. So when we talk about all these things we just talked about from sort of a health and fitness and wellness standpoint, it applies to everybody. Because just once we can, quote unquote, go back to normal, doesn't mean it's normal for everybody. And yeah. I think the ability to physically and mentally take is going to be a critical part of that transition so that we do rebound and we have the resolve to do this. And, uh, and I know we can, but I think that's where, um, you know what, like I said, be kind, pick some other people up, help them through because uh, a lot of us are in a very good situation to be able to continue to do what we do. Even if it's modified, others are not so fortunate. So uh, it could always be worse. And I try to keep that in mind. And I don't have a lot to complain about. Nothing else. I'm pretty sure my dog masterminded this whole thing because she seems super happy that we're home. Maybe that's what it is, Sean. <laughs> it's a dog conspiracy. I'm telling you, it makes, I said this the other day and I think it makes intuitive sense. They've been plotting this and I think they plotted it with the kids. I wouldn't be at all surprised. The way things are these days, I wouldn't be surprised either. <laughs> Sean, thank you so much for reminding us all to be kind to ourselves, each other, and especially first responders. Thank you for spending some time today on the NutriCast and yeah, take thank care. Thank you. I always enjoy talking to you. Have a good one and take care of yourself and everybody be safe. All right. 
And thank you to all the first responders out there putting their health on the line. If you like what you just heard, you can subscribe to the NutraCast on iTunes. And for even more Nutri-related content, you can always head to NutraIngredients-USA.com. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Danielle Masterson. Stay well, my friends. And as always, I'll catch you here on the NutraCast next week.